0: Welcome to Canterbury Business, The Lowdown. It's our podcast series produced by the team here at Tandem Studios and created with the help of our amazing partners, Christchurch NZ and the Canterbury Chamber of Commerce. Christchurch City Centre. Well, as we know, it's been through the ringer with the earthquakes and trying to get back on track during the recovery phase. We have made some great leaps forward in the last couple of years, especially with the reinstatement of most of the major parts of our central city, like the parking buildings, the crossing, the terrace, and most recently Riverside Market. But just as it seemed like things were going strong again, we all had to stay home and our central city became empty once again. So our first guest for this episode is someone uh, who's probably had the most crazy roller coaster ride of them all. First of all, getting a major development open and running, and just as it's all coming into play, it ended again. We're speaking with Mike Fisher. He's the general manager of Riverside Market. And Riverside was one of those big developments in the city that saw major growth for the central area when it opened up in September of last year. But then, as I said, only six months later, It had to close again because of COVID-19. And those lovely summer and autumn nights that we were all enjoying in front of Riverside were cut short for everyone in the city and from around Christchurch. So, Mike, thank you for joining us today. And I think the main thing we want to know is, and it's also the most obvious question, is how much has Riverside been affected by COVID-19?
1: We've sort of been open for deliveries and sort of these contactless takeaways, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. on the week on the week, some beautiful days, and um, yeah, there's been some some good, you know, happy crowds. I suppose we're still still it's constant management <laughs> of people and things trying to, um, you know, especially at the level three because it's trying to keep the bubbles and things. I think level mm-hmm. two without mm-hmm. without you know when the bubbles you know, and keeping people in bubbles, but they're still the management. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been nice to see people out and, and supporting it and um, you know, join the city again, I think. So,
0: and yeah. as the general manager of Riverside Market, how difficult is it making sure that all the different people who are, have been operating through Level 3 were doing it in a safe way? You know, was that really hard? Did you scramble furiously to make that happen? um
1: no i think I th- not really i mean i think the traders uh, our traders are a great bunch and they're really you know responsible and, and they want to do the right thing i think they've all we've been you know sending a lot of information through you know from uh, not just the government but from the restaurant association who's been really helpful and so they've digested that and been working on their own plans and i th- I suppose myself and the rest of the the management team and things just trying to be there for questions and, and if there's crowd and things outside just just be around to make sure it's, it's well managed but most of them it's it's been pretty good not not all of them are open i think we've got about 15 or so um who have so it's not not everyone I' um, we expect you know everything to be open at level two but um it hasn't been everyone yet so um, how many different
0: people have you got within riverside market
1: uh, well in total there's about eight 80 traders, so 80 different wow. um, traders' mm-hmm. tenants. And then that ranges from sort of micro to the, the big restaurants upstairs. Um, so, yeah, so th- there's, uh, there's 25, I think 25-odd, you know, the eateries the, the around the edge, the, the, the Dimitris and Pedro's, Bacon Bros. Mm-hmm. And then there's obviously the marketeers inside, and then we've got the retail lanes. As well, so there's quite a bit in the whole across the whole complex, um, but it's been mostly the mostly the eateries open um, for these takeaways and, and deliveries.
0: And as we get into level two, there's a whole new set of rules and awareness to digest. What are some of the common questions that you're getting through?
1: Um, I think there's a lot. There's a lot about you know tracing people. How do we how do we trace and and how do we make sure that the customers are safe and we create a great environment um and how do we obviously as a complex you know how do we work together it's and when we opened obviously we had large crowds and it was very busy so how do we manage those crowds and make sure that yeah, it's comfortable for for the public um but still we can um you know get it a good experience and a you and know and sort of a good vibe i suppose back in a safe way so that's that's some of the main ones and then i think yeah, how the businesses you know their own they're within their own tenancies and, and how they d- develop their own hygiene plans, and um, how they can open, and then for some of the retailers again, how do they let people into their shop safely and the distances? So there's a lot of lot of detail, and I think it's, it changes sort of almost every day. Sometimes it feels like so. We're trying to digest it and um, do the best we can, really. So,
0: and what yeah. sort of problems do you anticipate? Are you keeping an eye out for?
1: Yeah, well, I, I suppose it's. Um, under level two, I suppose it's just making sure that we have controlled the crowds. I suppose we, 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 we want it public to be comfortable here and, and to feel like it's a, it's a great place to visit. So I think people will be a little bit wary maybe to start, you know, of getting into crowds and things. So we need to manage that. That's what we anticipate having to, having to be on top of. Um, I think then, you know, st- stuff like queuing, um, where we have some very popular traders who sometimes have long queues. How do we manage all of that? Um, how do we work with the council um, on the public space adjacent to us? You know, pe- how people are using that and, and that's managed. I mean, obviously in the summertime, uh, spring and summer, we've had big crowds of, of people out the front enjoying it, which has been awesome. Um, but at the moment, it's, you know, some of that, those things aren't aren't um, easy to, to control and manage. So, so those are some of the things. And then I, I think just obviously making sure as a team We've, you know, the cleaning and the, and the hygiene and all that sort of stuff we're on top of. So those practical operation things that make make it a good experience but you don't think of a lot of time. You know, you just hope it's being done. So we've got to make sure we're on top of that.
0: How does all that extra work affect the income for the businesses and, and ultimately yourself as well, you know, because it's a lot of extra cost and time involved to meet those requirements of Level 2?
1: Yeah, I think... Um, yeah there's there's certainly additional costs and things i think uh, from level four like when we went into the full lockdown we have been working to reduce the cost significantly um so that you know the the traders it doesn't fall back on the traders to have to pick up those operational opex costs um and and a lot i suppose we're doing in-house you know so um myself and the others on the management team and things just trying to pick up a lot of the slack so we'll be We've been doing bits of cleaning and we've been, we'll be out counting people and managing queues and and so just reducing for now. You know, we hope to to grow again, but for now, while we're in this sort of uncertain times, um, take on as much as we can in house and then um, use, you know, use the contractors and things we know we need to and, and really just. And make sure we're getting the basics done well and not adding too much uh, extra stuff as we start and then getting, getting into the, the things as we you know, obviously as we hope people come back into town and are feeling more comfortable in um, the city again and, and coming back into Riverside and we can have greater numbers. So, yeah.
0: What sort of advice are you giving to the retailers about the, well, it's a couple of things. There's financial stress and the mental stress of getting back into trying to make an income. What sort of advice are you handing out?
1: Um, well, I, th- I, th- I think certainly when we first went into the lockdown, it was getting into government support packages. I think there was uh, it's quite a bit of information, obviously, for them to digest, and we were sending stuff through and, and then working one-on-one with some traders about how to access those subsidies, the different support packages, and making sure they're on top of that and we can support them. And that was a, a big part of ensuring that there was a... Um, a good level of knowledge and what they can access. And then obviously from uh, the owners, the, the investors in, this, in Riverside, Mike, Chris and Richard, in terms of have been really good in terms of the, the, the re- relief support they're providing um, through lockdown and then in the next couple of months as well. And that's been good to just to work with the tenants so that they can understand that so that the, the impact, while there is obviously still a significant impact, we can make sure they're accessing the right information They've applied for what they can. They're accessing and and ensuring they're talking to us as management and obviously the investors about what they can um, do with their rent and their operational costs. Um, so that's some of the big stuff, I suppose. It's been and, and a lot of it's we're in one on one um, working with those who who maybe have just started a business for the first time and over the last six months in Riverside and and obviously haven't seen anything like this and didn't anticipate it. So working with them to make sure that we give them support. Uh, and then a mental health. I think uh, certainly encouraging people to use the time. I think early on in the lockdown to to have a bit of a breather. I mean I think um, I mean everyone's been running pretty hard here. It's been it's been great. <laughs> it's been busy, um, and and taking that first little bit of time because it's a bit of a shock, obviously, when you close your doors and you've been going um, pretty well. Um, but using that as an opportunity to take a bit of a breath and to um, spend time with your family and 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 then getting into the taking stock of your business and starting to work out the next stages. And I think that's been what we've been encouraging um, people to do. And obviously, as they come back to work with their staff and make sure that they have things in place to support staff for those who, who um, have been working reduced hours or not at all, and how do they get back into work and those that they're having to... Um, you know work with in terms of how how many hours they might come back to which again might not be the full time and might be cause financial stress so a lot of encouragement about how they do that and then obviously accessing um you know there is some you know good mental health support services and and good campaigns and things that started up after the earthquakes here so i think we're aware of some of those things that come out of these um sort of crises where you need to take the time and manage your exhaustion and spend time with family and, and really um, not go too hard it's it's a, it's a bit of a marathon and there'll be ups and downs a bit of a roller coaster so um, making sure that you're, you're managing that well so
0: it has been a hell of a roller coaster for you guys hasn't it because Riverside Market opened what, just a little over six months ago and mm. it's been spectacular uh, the Cantabrians and visitors to the city have absolutely loved it I'm assuming the retailers once they got used to the sort of numbers they were seeing, they started loving it. Ah, you know, um, can you believe how successful Riverside Market was? Um,
1: I, 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 I'd is. like to think, yeah, I, I think when we were planning it and, and, you know, there's all the work that goes into the design and, and sort of curating and working with the traders and you think, man, this could really go well and we knew I mean, I've worked with some markets overseas, and you think, right? You, you see the, the popularity of, the, of markets as community hubs of of amazing centres of food, and you think, right? We think it could be really successful in Christchurch and for Canterbury, um, but I suppose we weren't <laughs> we weren't ready for some of the the numbers and the crowds, and it's, so it's been been amazing and positive, but I think it certainly has stretched us in terms of the the things that we're ex- the people were expecting to get through the door and obviously the operational back of house stuff, the rubbish and the, the sorting facilities and the cleaning and all those extra things you need to do. But I think those are good problems to have um, mm. in terms of this and, and stuff that we've really enjoyed trying to crack because it's, I, we think, and, we're, and I know we have getting good feedback, it's been really great for mm. Christchurch and we're really proud of that, that, that it's, a, it's a legacy project and, and people of Canterbury really proud to have something like this here, and that's obviously what we want to get it back to, that it's a a real community hub again and a great experience in in Christchurch, so.
0: Do you see the inner city, because the Riverside Market was a huge boost for inner Christchurch, how how do you see the inner city developing over the next few months? I mean, obviously you're dealing with level two at the moment, but a few months down the track, six months down the track, what what do you see ahead?
1: Mm, I think, yes, I mean, uh, I suppose as I've been thinking about it, it's it's there's the there's the the factors outside of our control in terms of how the the you know the, the virus itself and, and how that rolls out and if there's there's confidence that the that the virus is not being transmitted through the community and people get more comfortable coming out again, that, that will play an important role in, in getting people back into the central city. And that for us, that we provide that experience and and down the track that we have a within in-house that we, again, we've got that really great set and great um, bunch of really cool food traders and obviously retail traders in our lanes that that provides a great experience. And then that, so six months, sort of two, three, four months down the track, we see more and more people coming back into the city. Obviously the office is being uh, sort of re-inhabited once more um as as those get filled up so again we get start to get the lunch trade and the early evening trade and then on the weekends we starting to see locals come out and and that we just keep evolving i suppose and adapting with it because we again as i say we don't quite know some of those big macro features the things that will happen above us and that are our control but that we can keep adapting and and that we have things in place here that will really attract people back and our traders are working hard to to do that so yeah, there's a, there's, it's, it's sort of hard to predict the future, I suppose. <laughs> <It> <laughs> it, but, yeah, but, yeah. but I suppose yeah. been a, the last sort of eight, six, eight weeks has been all adaptation and evolution of things. So we'll be doing that and, and just trying to push into some, you know, into those, those fundamental things and, and looking for things that we might need to change or do, do differently as well. So
0: It yeah. sounds like you've been incredibly busy, you know, dealing with the different retailers, keeping them up to date, helping them for the reopening of level two. How have you been coping? Uh, you know what have you been doing to stay sane yourself
2: <laughs> yeah In your
0: well, bubble.
1: It's, yeah well it has it's been it's been certainly busy um that's for sure but uh, for the for the first few weeks obviously i was at home so uh, i've got two um sort of teenage and middle almost teenage boys and and my wife at home so i was trying to spend um a a, a good bit of time with them and, and walking and just spending time um recharging a wee bit but then um having some good routines and, and you know obviously getting on our communication system and responding to emails so ha- having some good time to, to spend with family getting out for walks um you know just reading and doing stuff that sometimes you don't get to do um during the week um and uh and then you know just having a good rhythm with work at home and, and obviously trying to keep abreast of all the government's you know stuff the stuff that crush you they've been great and and the restaurant association information and packages so it's, it's probably getting some good routines at home to make sure I'm still motivated and you're doing things and then obviously spending time with family and, and making sure you're not... Have
0: have you discovered any good shows or any podcasts you're listening to? Books
1: you're reading? Anything like that? Well, yeah. Well, I think I think my wife and I we've, we it's it's been nice to do to to watch a bit of comedy. So we've gone back to Brooklyn Nine Nine on Netflix and been watching a bit of <laughs> that. Quite different. Um, but a Seinfeld. I think I quite like to take my mind off things. And, and then uh, in terms of books, is I've just finished a book on sort of Antarctic stories, explorers and things. So having something quite different um to, to what I'm, you know, usually dealing with at work and things has been great. Um and and I, I love football, so I've been listening to football podcasts and as well as a couple of other various documentary podcasts, but some things that can help take the mind off and, and um you know help recharge I suppose and refresh. So
2: yeah.
0: Well as you get ready for the new normal, congratulations on the success today to Riverside Market. It's it's, it's truly a wonderful uh addition to the Christchurch scene and we wish you every success to you and all the retailers over the next coming months.
1: Yeah thanks David and and thanks for having me on and we just um, can't wait to get open again and just again create this an amazing community hub and something the city can be proud of so yeah um, just really like being part of it and and thanks for for Christchurch and Z and you guys putting the podcast on it's great.
0: Our next guest is someone who many of you will know for his amazing style. It's property developer Anthony Goff. He's a true Canterbrian, born here in 1949, graduating from the University of Canterbury with honours in nuclear science, which I didn't know about. Now, the Goff family has also run the Goff Group, well known for supplying heavy machinery for the forest, mining, transport and power industries. And perhaps one of the greatest stories that Anthony Goff can tell was selling the old Shan's Emporium building back to the Christchurch City Council for only one dollar in 2015 and that was done to make way for the terrace development and also importantly preserve a historic category one heritage building which you'll find now on Manchester Street still in the city it was moved there and refurbished in Manchester Street it was a lovely job now we could go on to list more of Anthony's achievements but let's start the chat with Anthony uh, right now. First of all, Anthony, how are you? Thank you for joining us. How have you been getting on during the, uh, the lockdown? What's been happening
2: in your life? Well, I've got all my tenants who don't want to pay me rent, um, and I don't blame them. They're not getting in- income, so we're, doing a, um, we're not um, asking rent from them for Level 3 and Level 4, and we're going to write off 50% of what they haven't paid us. And the other 50%, um, we're going to ask them to start paying us back over a 30-month period starting in 2022. Wow,
0: that's that's very generous of you. Um, how, how What's the
2: reaction been like from those tenants? They'd like to know what we're going to do for Level 2. I said, let me get past Level 3 and 4, um, <laughs> yeah, whether it yeah. it or not. Um, but they've all accepted that um, to get it free is probably not a bad thing, so... But, you know, my my attitude is that I want my tenants to actually be with us and to open. I haven't had any fall over. Also, all my office tenants are asking for um, rebates and discounts and everything else, and we're meeting those as well. Um, And, of course, the bank still wants its interest, so I have to borrow more capital to pay them interest. Yeah, it seems like everyone's coming to the party except the banks when it comes to the discount. Yeah, well, banks will always win.
0: (laughs) <laughs> banks will always be the banks. So yeah. what, what have you been doing? I mean, obviously you've been very busy dealing with a, a lot of people and their problems and stuff, but what's your
2: situation? Have you been the whole time at home? Yes, yes, I live at home. Um, go, go out occasionally um, to go to the shops or if I need to see a tenant in town, like we're doing some maintenance on our buildings now um, that we would normally have difficulty doing because we've got bars and restaurants all around us with people sitting at tables and chairs so we're just staining our big wooden building we'll finish that tonight so that's good Um, and we're also going through checking all sort of fire collars through the building that sort of thing so we're doing quite a bit of maintenance Um, at the same time we've started our big car park rebuild back operation so we'll finish that in July and open to the public so that's very good it's a big 430 Bay car Park in Hereford Street. So things are, are moving in the background all the time for us. I would handle probably up to 60 emails a day. So wow. it's to be quiet.
0: You've got to be right on top of it. How,
2: how's your stress levels dealing with all of that? Not too bad, actually. Um, I, <laughs> I, I, I dare say, if you've got a clear vision where you're going, I've got tremendous support staff. I've got two staff. They're on full pay. Most of the government's helped me there, but actually it doesn't meet half of what I pay them, because they're quite highly paid and they're very capable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't begrudge that. You know, when I started I said, look, I'm here to make sure that money side for them is not a big problem. I think it's so important to look after those key staff. And I was talking to my one of my hospitality tenants on well, Oxford Terrace today. And he said he's got it still all his staff on. And his front of house staff said they'll accept the government um, wage that they're paying as to hold them for the moment. And I thought that's an incredible thing to do. Um, Mm. So they will take a huge chop because the government thing is not actually what you normally have to pay staff to keep them. It's really good.
0: Hospitality, but, uh, a, a lot of the tenants you deal with are in the hospitality business and it's taken a, a, a major knock. How do you yeah. think it'll come back? What, what, what's sort of
2: vision are you seeing and what are you hearing from those hospitality tenants that you work with? We think it's going to come back with a vengeance. There's a lot of pent-up frustration of not being able to go out and have a dinner. and um, I think people getting a bit tired of cooking at home would love to do a bit of socialising. So that's going to come back with a vengeance. My stuff my bars are all looking at doing two hour stints of bookings, so even like chihuahua has um doing a ten till midnight um dinner booking, so you're going to see quite a bit of that sort of and I don't know you know what constitutes a, a meal but I dare say peanuts are food aren't they
1: <laughs>
2: a favorite of mine <laughs> <laughs> so that's a bit cynical but um that we we certainly are planning to um run all the, all the restaurants there and next week they'll morph into a bit more re, relaxed manner of um, not necessarily having to buy the peanuts.
0: You know, what we've seen along that Oxford Terrace area from Litchfield Street and eventually all the way through to Victoria Park is absolutely amazing and you've been such a big part of that. Uh, you've been working on that Oxford Terrace redevelopment for so long. Do you,
2: do you still have the energy and enthusiasm like you had when you started Yep, right. Um, you have got You can't get faint on this sort of thing. It's yeah. You've got to be fully committed and go for it. Um, it's probably the banks that have been the mer- most nervous of it all because, you know, when you start this sort of thing, you don't have any tenants, and they say, well, we're not going to give you any money. Show us that you've got signed up tenants, and then tenants say, well, we'd like to see the colour of the buildings before we're prepared to mm-hmm. sign. So you have mm-hmm. got chicken head going on there. But we made it, and that's good. Um, And the buildings are up, and we're thrilled with what we've got. Um, And I think it's, we all like to party. We're a social bunch, all of us. And I think, you know, we should never underestimate that. Um, We're wanting to work with council on various initiatives to try and stimulate the centre city, because it's all very well to turn the financial tap off, but you've also got to turn it back on and get people to, feel confident. And I think Centre City's got a huge advantage over sub- suburban malls because um, suburban malls, you're in an enclosed space. And if you're asking for social sort of separation, not so easy in a mall, but straight you you wander from one shop to another, no problem at all. So I think actually Centre City's got a huge advantage and we'll see it fire up quicker than other places.
0: What sort of initiatives would you like to see from the council and government to help hospitality get back up and running and and, and stay in business,
2: importantly? I'd quite like to see um, free car parking in multi-storey buildings um, for a few months. That would be a huge incentive to allow us to get started. Um, don't talk about on-street parking. Don't call, talk about shingle yards. You can pay on all those. But if we could get, say, The multi-storey car park building said it's free for the first two hours. That will be a huge incentive. And we're working with council trying to encourage them to go down that track.
0: Is there any events planned? Because obviously in level two, gatherings of 100 people or more are frowned upon. But is there any sort of large promotional things
2: the council could do, Uh, like a lantern festival or something like that, just to encourage people into the city area? Yeah, Christchurch NZ is working on that, but when you've got a limit of 10 people, well, that's a bit of a joke, isn't it? It's not going to happen. Mm. We've got to get past that. And you know, I feel it's I think it's a bit sad that funerals are limited to 10 people. Weddings are limited to 10 people. It's not really opening the place up. Um, I dare say so you've got the problem with funerals. People would like to sort of give oh, a very hug and that sort of thing. So I'm hoping that we'll see the numbers rapidly open up for those sort of events. Um, and until we can have at least 100 people, no good point in doing any sort of promotional um, events in town. But I was talking to Joanne Norris today, and she said they're working on getting the um, event side of the city from now till Christmas livened up. And they're working very hard on doing that, but they need to get beyond the te- um, 10 people. Mm-hmm. What sort of initiatives
0: uh, have you 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 mentioned? uh, Like Chihuahua doing two-hour dinner bookings. Um, Any other initiatives that you've heard of that anyone
2: listening to this podcast can they can go? Oh, that's a good idea. Maybe I could do that as well. I think the thing is that we're my all my bars and restaurants are opening at eleven o'clock and we'll go through till midnight. So um, that allows you to dine any sort of hour day or night really, and um, I. To, do you necessarily have to eat exactly at 12 o'clock in the middle of the day? No, I think we're going to see it spread out and that will be quite good. Um, uh, we're, we're very lucky with our bars and restaurants. They have um, good areas, big open areas. They'll just spread the tables out a bit and I think it would be fantastic. I, I'm very positive, very strong that this is actually going to fire up quicker than we think. That's really optimistic to
0: hear from you, Anthony. Um, one other question that I'd like to ask is, when you go down Oxford Terrace, what's your favourite part of the redevelopment? Is, is there a sort of particular part that you go, yeah, this is something I really, really love about that inner
2: city area? i guess say probably my wooden building that's in the middle, it's got Amazon Eater on the ground floor, is probably the, the centrepiece of that. Because you're not, nowadays you won't be allowed to have a timber clad building because that's seen as a possible fire hazard. So I think we're very lucky. We've got a lovely timber building. I'm not going to let it go grey. We've just stained it again and we'll do that every three years. And so you'll get this glowing, natural timber look. So probably it's one of the ones that I think is, is a standout feature there. You've also got the Core 10 building which has got Chihuahua on the ground floor. That's a really unusual building. The core team, that's high-quality high steel clipped on the outside. That clip-on outside, it's $1,000 a square metre, and it does nothing other than make it look pretty. It's not the waterproof wow. membrane. So people probably don't realise it. These are, it's designed to look... My comment to the architects was... I want it to look different, every building to have its own unique statement. And I don't want people to say, oh, that was the 2012 year design. No, it's got to be sort of long term, um, independent of whatever's in fashion in that year. So that was a very big commitment. And um, I think they've achieved it very well. Well, congratulations on what you have done. I know you've had your
0: trials and your tribulations and your testing times to get to where you are now, but I think the whole development along Oxford Terrace and, and as you say, the car park around into Hereford is really something to be proud of. And I know that on the numerous times that we've walked up and down that boulevard along the river, uh, with Oxford Terrace on one side, there's people out and about, it,
2: it gives you real energy of the city that was missing for so long. Yeah, and I think Riverside is fantastic addition to that area because it meets a slightly different market. It's um, the the Oxford Terrace, the terrace bars. You generally you want your lunch under sort of much under twenty dollars, whereas the the Riverside you can turn around and get a sort of ten dollar lunch. So they're catering to different markets, and I think that's a great thing happening there. And the laneways that connect right through. You've yet to see the laneway we're going to open up. It will take you right through Z to centre all the way up to um, Colombo Street. That will open in July this year, and that's when our car park will open. And we'll run it 24-7, so it will never close. And I'm hoping my ba- bars and restaurants will actually validate your parking. So if you go and dine there, they'll pick up the tab for two or three hours of parking. So it will become sort of free parking, and it's nice and safe. And if you, if you happen to... Perhaps have one more wine than perhaps you should have. Just leave the car there because we're going to have a, uh, a maximum charge of probably three hours a night. And if you need to leave it, then leave it there. It won't cost you any more. Pick it up by seven in the morning and you pay no extra. Yeah, great thinking.
0: Hey, look, it doesn't sound like you've had any time to be bored at all during this whole lockdown period, but have you got into anything new? Any streaming shows, books or podcasts or
2: anything different? No, not really. <laughs> it's, it's a case of I, I get these hurry-up emails from my staff saying, you haven't replied to this that I sent to you yesterday. What are you doing? <laughs> so so um, but we work as a very good team, and we work very closely with our tenants, um, and that's so important that our tenants are fully supported by their landlord. Not all landlords do that. Um, it depends on your leases. Our leases require my tenants to pay rent even in a situation like this but that's not what we're in, we're doing so that's unusual that we're forgoing substantial rent and making sure they stay alive
0: well anthony thank you so much for talking to us today and uh, and i love your optimism for the central city and especially oxford terrace uh, you you good luck in the future hope everything goes well thank you very much
2: good bye
0: Anthony Goff, one of the powerhouses and driving forces behind the redevelopment of the central city. You've been listening to Canterbury Business, the Lowdown podcast, made with the help of our great partners, including the fantastic team at the Canterbury Chamber of Commerce. And don't forget to take advantage of their free webinars. They're still running on their website, available to all businesses, and it's to help you deal with the impact of COVID-19. And you can register on their website, which is CECC.org.nz. And our other partner is Christchurch NZ, still releasing a weekly newsletter for all of Canterbury businesses. And they've got plenty of information on their website as well, so it's well worth checking out at christchurchnz.com, including details there of the Christchurch NZ business support subsidy. And as we continue to move through the levels of lockdown, there's a lot of uncertainty for many of us as we work out what's going to happen and how we get back to normal. The Mental Health Foundation has put together some resources for those who may be in the process of heading back to work to manage the stress of the transition, both for the bosses and employees. And they've got some great tips in there, including the three R's, which we thought we would run past you. They help minimize, manage, and recover from stress. So, first up, you've got to refuel, which is looking after the well being and cultivating energy to refuel. Then there's resolve, identifying stresses. And finding solutions that help resolve the cause of that stress. And the last one is relax, which I think we've all been trying hard to perfect through all of the lockdown. So switching on the relaxation response to restore and rest is not necessarily a hard thing, but it is part of the three R's. And it's certainly worth checking out. For more resource and information on how to transition back to work, head to their website, which is mentalhealth.org.nz. So thank you for listening, and you can catch up on all the episodes of this podcast on iTunes or Spotify, as well as our Tandem Studios website. You can listen there, or you can share the link from that Tandem website page through to your social media, and if you do that, we really appreciate it. Um, And if you've got any questions that you might like answered during this whole lockdown and post-lockdown recovery period, please email dave at tandemstudios.co.nz. You've been listening to Canterbury Business, The Lowdown, with myself, Dave Dunlay. Tania Green is producing, and Brett Robertson as our engineer. We're all in lockdown now and working from homes, so stay safe, be kind, and take care.